Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the May 9th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1042 to 1050 of the Catechism. 6. The hope of a new heaven and the new earth. 1042. At the end of time, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness. After the universal judgment, the righteous will reign forever with Christ, glorified in body and soul. The universe itself will be renewed. The church will receive her perfection only in the glory of heaven. When will come the time of the renewal of all things? At that time, together with the human race, the universe itself, which is so closely related to man and which attains its destiny through him, will be perfectly re-established in Christ. 1034. The sacred scripture calls this mysterious renewal, which will transform humanity and the world, new heavens and a new earth. It will be the divine, definitive realization of God's plan to bring under a single head all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. 1044. In this new universe, the heavenly Jerusalem, God will have his dwelling among men. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain. Any more for the former things have passed away. 1045. For man, this consummation will be the final realization of the unity of the human race, which God willed from creation, and of which the pilgrim church has been in the nature of sacrament. Those who are united with Christ will form the community of the redeemed, the holy city of God, the bride, the wife of the Lamb. She will not be wounded any longer by sin, stains, self-love that destroy or wound the earthly community. The beatific vision in which God opens himself in an inexhaustible way to the elect will be the ever-flowing wellspring of happiness, peace and mutual communion. 1046 for the cosmos. Revelation affirms the profound common destiny of the material world and man. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God in hope because the creation itself will be set free from the bond from its bondage to decay. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in travail until together until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we await for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. 1047. The visible universe then is itself destined to be transformed so that the world itself, restored to its original state, facing no future obstacles, should be at the service of the just, sharing their glorification in the risen Jesus Christ. 1048. We know neither the moment of the consummation of the earth and of man, nor the way in which the universe will be transformed. The form of this world, distorted by sin, is passing away, and we are taught that God, is preparing a new dwelling and a new earth in which righteousness dwells, in which happiness will fill and surpass all the desires of peace arising in the hearts of men. Far from diminishing our concern to develop this earth, the expectancy of a new earth should spur us on, for it is here that the body 
of a new family grows foreshadowing in some way the age which is to come. That is why, although we must be careful to distinguish earthly progress clearly from the increase of the kingdom of Christ, such progress is of vital concern to the kingdom of God insofar as it can contribute to the better ordering of human society. 1050. When we have spread on earth the fruits of our nature and of our enterprise according to the command of the Lord and in his spirit, we will find them once again cleansed, this time from the stain of sin, illuminated and transfigured when Christ presents to his Father an eternal and universal kingdom. God will then be all in all in eternal life. True and subsistent life consists in this, the Father through the Son and in the Holy Spirit pouring out his heavenly gifts on all things without exception. Thanks to his mercy, we too, men that we are, have received the inalienable promise of eternal life. Okay, so we look at this section today that deals with the new heaven and the new earth. After the last things. In a sense, reality continues. Even creation continues. After the world ends, creation continues. Christ will come at the end of time. But at that stage, he will restart the world. It's not that the world is destroyed. We don't hate matter. Matter, the physical stuff of this earth, is very important. The physical stuff of your body is very important because it will be there for all eternity. After the resurrection of the flesh, after the, the final judgment, after the world has finished, after everybody has finished their earthly lives, will begin, really, that's like the preview. Then the real show will begin, which is this eternal life with God. That this renewal of the whole cosmos, this consummation, this new life where we live with God, helped by God, in eternal happiness, but not an eternal happiness in heaven, but where the heavens and the earth are one, that there's a new heaven and a new earth. Everything is remade by Christ. Again, we don't know exactly how this will happen, but our faith tells us that it will be marvellous, that it will be fantastic. And this is what we are waiting for. And so the Catechism, again, in these days, has been going through these different things. Obviously, we can't quite understand them. Obviously, we will never understand them, this side of them. This side of heaven, we won't understand it. This side of death, we don't understand death. And yet, through the revelation, through what God has shown us, through what Jesus Christ has told us, even if these are images, even if these aren't quite perfect, we know that God is in charge and is bringing all things for the good. So now we'll just finish today with the in brief section. In brief, 1051, every man receives his eternal re recompense in his immortal soul. From the moment of death, in a particular judgment by Christ, the judge of the living and the dead. 1052, we believe that the souls of all who die in Christ's grace are the people of God beyond death. On the day of resurrection, death will be definitively conquered when these souls will be reunited with their bodies. 1053, we believe 
that the multitude of those gathered around Jesus and Mary in paradise forms the church of heaven, where in eternal blessedness they will see God as he is, and where they are also to various degrees associated with the holy angels in the divine governance exercised by Christ in glory by interceding for us and helping our weakness by their fraternal correction. 1054. Those who die in God's grace and friendship, imperfectly purified, although they are assured of their eternal salvation, undergo a purification after death, so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of God. 1055. By virtue of the communion of saints, the Church commends the dead to God's mercy and offers her prayers, especially in the holy sacrifice of the Eucharist on their behalf. 1056. Following the example of Christ, the Church warns the faithful of the sad and lamentable reality of eternal death, also called hell. 1057. Hell's principal punishment consists of eternal separation from God in whom alone man can have the life and happiness for which he was created and for which he longs. 1058. The Church prays that no one should be lost. Lord, let me never be parted from you. It is true that no one can save himself. It is also true that God desires all men to be saved, and that for him all things are possible. 1059. The Holy Roman Church firmly believes and confesses that on the Day of Judgment, when all men will appear in their own bodies before Christ's tribunal to render an account of their own deeds. 1060. At the end of time, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness. Then the just will reign with Christ forever, glorified in body and soul, and the material universe will be transformed. God will then be all in all. Very well, tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1061 to 1065. God bless.